you are listening to the Booth Podcast, Saskatchewan's home for unfiltered sports analysis, hot takes, and wild, wild conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Booth Podcast. Some more CFL coming your way this week. I am Reese Shonsby, joined as always by Davey O'Doyle. How are we today, Dave? Oh, uh, you know, I mean, Riders lost, so that's yeah, that not sucks. great. But that's not great, but the rest of it's all right, I guess. Yeah. You know what? She's not okay. My pick was was pretty dog shit last week. <laughs> oh, did you? We both picked Edmonton. So yeah, that's the only game that I got right. right. And that's the only game you got right. Yeah. So the was Sask Toronto was the only game I got wrong. So yeah. yeah, I'll take that. I mean, I won't take that. I would rather go one and three and have the riders get a win and yeah. so but yeah i mean i'm all right but like my pick was awful so hope to get some retribution this week let's hope but we will start it off with a recap of week six in the cfl started out on thursday night between the edmonton elks and the montreal alouettes some even before the game was a weird day for the CFL. Gary Stern, Victor Quee, both, I don't think they're owners is their title. I think they're both presidents of their team. Um, They have been very active on social media, especially Twitter this season. Great for the CFL to see those kind of higher ups get involved with the fans and things like that. But since both of them are very active engaging with fans and stuff, they posted a picture this week of them arm wrestling before the game. Very fun. Very cool. The tweet sent out by Victor Kui was deleted within minutes with this picture because on the desk they are arm wrestling on is an agenda of Gary Stern's day. There's things on there like Baron Miles housing, I assume, after firing him. They have to deal with some of that kind of stuff. And Grey Cup 2024, so I'll assume Montreal is going to be bidding on that one. Number number two on that list that was underlined and checkmarked was Trade Vernon Adams. What? <laughs> what a way to announce a trade. <laughs> they still haven't announced it. Though. They still haven't actually announced a trade. <laughs> I mean, usually it doesn't take this long for a trade to be put through by the league, though, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure what to think about that, but another colossal whoopsies by another higher up, right? Like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Don't post that. That's a bad idea. Do we not? This is why we need to have proofreaders. Like you're the president of your football team. Have somebody look over your tweets before you send them. Yeah. Oh. 
or maybe just look at your own tweet before you send it. Right. Like, hey, look, there's an agenda under there. I probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Gary Stern, if you're going to take pictures of you two arm wrestling, don't put your agenda on the table. Right. That's, <laughs> why are you arm wrestling on your agenda for the day? <laughs> That's like an equally good question. But you don't clear off the table so your elbows are like equal spots. Right? Yeah. So there's no leverage. You just arm wrestle what's with what's on your desk. Yeah. Hey man, oh. like I've, I've done a little bit of arm wrestling in my day, but usually it's a clean table. That's usually the rules. Jeez. Crazy. And it led to a crazy game, too. Started out with a pretty good game by Montreal, uh, leading 31 to 12 midway through the third quarter. Um, and then they imploded. Uh, some costly penalties, pass interference, um, interceptions, fumbles, just a complete implosion that led to the comeback from the Edmonton Elks, who were down 31 to 12 to come back and win it 32 31. That's because they had the goat in Taylor Cornelius. Taylor Cornelius, let's go. That's what happened. This is yeah. what happened is they had this trade all set up. Vernon Adams was going to be on the plane home with Edmonton. And then Taylor Cornelius came in and said, no, this is my job. No way, Dolphin. And they did, I'm the guy. They didn't even put the trade through after Cornelius lit it up in the third yeah. and fourth quarter. I mean, that was a – it was a really Hamilton-style implosion, right, from what we see. We've seen a lot of that from the Ticats this year. Montreal follow suit. Um, not a not inspiring effort, you know what I mean? To come in there with your first game with your new coach or whatever, right? Or your second game, first game. I don't remember which. It was first, yeah. First, yeah. First game with a new coach after your coaching staff got fired or whatever, and you come out there and you light it up, and then you forget to finish the game and lose, right? Right. Just a poor effort. Trevor Harris with. Two touchdowns and two interceptions, including the kind of game ceiling or the interception that led to the uh, game winner from uh, Ed Ganey. That's kind of the first kind of time we've heard Ed Ganey's name this year, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a lot tougher to hear about a guy's name when you're on a losing team. Yeah. Than like on arguably the best defense in the league. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy's just probably just been biding his time, right? Big time players, big time games, right? So exactly. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Cornelius with sixty-one percent completion percentage, two hundred thirty yards, one touchdown, one pick. Those don't sound that inspiring numbers, but like he did lead the comeback. Exactly. The stats don't matter. It doesn't when you... back up my claim of Taylor Cornelius Edmonton's goat, but like. He did enough. He won the game. He, he won, the, won game. the game. You guys hardly win any games at this point. He won one for you. There we go. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody was super excited for this game coming into the week. I mean, it's two teams that are really at the bottom. And it ended up being a pretty good one, actually, with the big comeback at the end. I mean, which is good, right? All you can ask for. 
So yes, that wrapped up that one, 32-31 for Edmonton. Moving on to Friday night football, the best game of the week for sure in this one. It was the undefeated Calgary Stampeders taking on the undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And here's where I have to apologize to the Bombers. When I said it, people are really disrespecting those guys and that I didn't pick them. <laughs> I have to apologize to those guys. For some reason, my gut told me Calgary and then those bums didn't win the game. So I apologize. Winnipeg, another win for you guys. Good for you. That's on me. And I think the, the worst and I mean, from whatever side you're looking at, the worst part of the game, best part of the game was the way it ended. Yeah. If you weren't watching, uh, Bo Levi throws a dime to Kamar Jordan in the end zone while they're down. What did they were down? It would have tied the game, right? Would have this tied the game, game. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, Kamar Jordan, of course. Throw a dime to him. That's going to be a catch. Lays out for the ball. Looks like he's caught it. As he hits the ground, ball pops in the air. Demario Houston, defensive back for the Bombers, runs over under it, catches it, interception, ball game. Yeah, I mean, it's such a crushing way to lose the game, right? Especially when you think Kamar Jordan is the target for that team, right? Mm-hmm. But I think what I learned from this game is, A, the Bombers are still legit, and B, I think even to a point, Calgary might be better than I thought they were. Yeah, I think so too. You know what I mean? Just because they're right there. Like that one bounce one way, they could have easily won that game too, right? Yeah. So it's, we'll get to the Riders, but these might be the best two teams, right? For the sure. Bombers and the Stamps, right? I think so for sure. Um, highlight for the Bombers in this one, I think has to be Greg Ellingson. It felt like he couldn't do anything but make big plays. Yeah. Uh, 11 catches, 152 yards for Ellingson in this one. I mean, that's why you go and get that guy, right? Exactly. So reliable, been so good his whole career. And even the Grey Cup champ, two-time Grey Cup champs yeah. knew this guy brings brings it, right? So they went and got him, and he's been paying off big time. This was the one-for-one one replacement for Darvin Adams, so you knew he had to turn it on or that was going to get scrutinized for the whole season. Yeah. And on the stamp side, Kadeem Carey with his biggest game of the season so far, 110 yards on 12 carries for him. I love Kadeem Carey, dude. Like, I mean, I hate to say, like, I love a Stamps player, but, like, <laughs> man, Kadeem Carey's such a good back. And and you want to not like him because he's a Calgary player, but everything you hear about the guy, too, is it's like he's just the nicest guy in the world. He's right, such I mean, a good like, football player, and he's just just so nice. Just can't say a bad word about anyone. And he's just – he runs so hard. He's He's physical, but he's not just a power runner. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's so solid. So, yeah, that one did end 26 to 19 for the Bombers in the gut wrenching loss for the Stampeders. Um, I think this might be the biggest attendance at a CFL game this year at 29,746. I. 
that's tough. I mean, the fact that your highest attending game isn't over 30,000 in the CFL. Yeah, it's not uh, great, right? It's not a not good great. trend. Not a good trend. That moves us on to Touchdown Atlantics. <laughs> Out in and you, you, man, how tired were you of hearing that touchdown Atlantic theme by the third quarter? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know what I mean? They only had the one bit of like Nova Scotian sea chanty theme, and they played it from pregame all the way to the end of the game. And like oh. at first, I was like, Yeah, it makes sense, touchdown Atlantic. But by the third quarter, I was like, That's stop. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like, this isn't what people actually listen to out there. We actually. <laughs> It's from a different country. Like this, <laughs> it's not great big C or you turn off the radio. That's not the only options. That's it. <laughs> oh, you can only listen to Great Big C if you're from the Maritimes. Otherwise, don't listen. Oh, but it did look like a pretty good crowd. It looked like a fun crowd. It was a great showing from the people of Atlantic Canada out in Wolfville, Nova Scotia. Oh, I, we need to get a team out there. And really, I think the only holdback right now is the stadium. You think so? That's the only holdback? I think that is. I mean, the the ownership group of the, the Schooners franchise out there that was trying to get things put together was – it's broken apart a little bit. I know kind of the – I can't remember his name, but the the guy who was really heading the thing is now the president of the Ottawa Senators. So tough there. But I really think if they can get a stadium out there, the pieces are just going to fall into place after that. I mean, it's tough to say, like, just get it started early and see how good it is. And then you build a stadium after because, like, you need a stadium. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to even just – I mean, sucks for Acadia or wherever you're going to do it, right? Yeah. Whatever university stadium you use. But just use one of them if you can get the team established early yeah. and show that people will come, right? And then the stadium will follow after. I mean, it's not the most sustainable model because obviously you'd like home for them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just want to see them as soon as possible. Yeah. The, the, the real problem is, too, they're at Acadia. I think they had to add – well – it was a sellout crowd at 10,886. I yeah. think they added 7,500 seats. Yeah. Like, Listen, I, think I, didn't, a- I didn't assume that that was all just Acadia's seating, right? Yeah. A lot of people were on that, like, track thing, too, eh? Just standing and watching it. Just standing, it. yeah. Which so I mean, great. Not a bad idea. No. No different than Pill Country at Mosaic, right? Yeah. Yeah, the attendance, again, 10,886 in Wolfville, Nova Scotia, that has – a population of 5,000 people. <laughs> yeah. They doubled yeah. the population of the city for this game. Checks out, right? Um, a homecoming for uh, Riders kicker Brett Lowther. Uh, sucks that he missed the first one in front of his hometown crowd. Right. But he went out to hit um, three more <laughs> field goals after that. So it looked like it, there was some crazy wind in in that yeah because i mean i heard that little interview they did with his dad where they were talking about like his dad was like i don't really know what he can hit here it's swirling wind in here and i was like this guy just hate his son i'm pretty sure they asked him what's your son's range today and he said said 30 30 yards (laughs) yeah 
Like, he's like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, dude, do you think your son is shit? Oh. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, but... I noticed that too, I was just like, man, is he, like, jealous of his son? Like, he made a pro and I didn't. This guy sucks. Like, Kate. Oh, I think um, they had a good pregame segment on on Brett during the, the TSM pregame, and he and his dad had got together 100 and, 180 tickets for this game for yes, his friends that. and family. So they had six rows of just Brett Lauder's <laughs> friends and family. So that was good to see. Yeah, absolutely. But it was – not a great game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Really it chippy, was... hey? Even from right from the start, oh. right before warm-ups and everything. Duke Williams threw a... who who was he fighting with? Richardson was Richardson. It? What's his first? I can't remember his first name. Yeah, number know. number one, anyways, right? He's an ass hat. He doesn't deserve <laughs> his first name on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but Richardson gets his helmet thrown at him. By Duke Williams in pregame. Refs aren't even out yet. And they're trying right. they have to come out to break up fights on the field pregame. That's not what we need after the Garrett Marino situation. I so I was listening to the green zone after the game. We'll 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 save the actual game stuff for after this little bit here, but I guess like I said, we've never been the dirty team in the CFL. And it sounds like people are starting to think that we are that team now, right? I With think. this stuff in the Marino stuff and just everything like that. And, like, apparently some Ryder fans are really disgusted by this. Like, I'm not sure where I sit on it, but we're kind of the prick team this year. We are the assholes of the league right now. Yeah. Um, I'm – I'm okay with it as long as it's not costing us games, which I don't – I mean, we lost the game. We can't be pulling this kind of shit when we're not we, – we can do it in a blowout. I mean – It's not – I don't think the actual antics themselves are costing us no. games. No. But the penalties are costing us games. Exactly. Right? It was – it was not good refing during this one. I'll say that for sure. We've seen that a couple times in CFL this season. Yep. But I mean, as much as Duke Williams is at fault in a lot of the antics going on in between the whistles for this game, he got punched in the face and there wasn't even a flag. That was Richardson too, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Ray just straight up punches him in the face. Like, I don't care if you deserve it, which Duke probably did. Let's be real. He probably yeah. deserved it. Punch straight in the face. But you can't throw a punch on the field and then just look the other way at a punch. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's like, if they're jostling and he pushes them down after the play, you can maybe look past that. Yeah. But he threw a punch. You have he to threw, call that. That's a 25-yard penalty and an ejection. Are you sure it's just nothing and we can keep playing? I guess. I guess I'm wrong. I guess I guess I don't know the rule book. What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> Nothing, apparently. Right. Uh, yeah. Not good refing. It felt like they were calling. There was the questionable one that was the that Cody ended up having a pretty major setback with his knee injury, where he was taken down by his ankles while he was in the pocket. Um, Looking at the rule book now, I, I kind of went back and 
was looking through it and it sounds like the the league did get that call right even after dickinson's challenge is the way the rules read is it sounds like it needs to be some sort of forcible blow below the knee instead of just a grab instead of just a grab and a takedown yeah because i mean like I, I didn't know what the rule was i was okay with it because it was just Oakman trying to make a play and wrapping yeah. his legs up at the end, right? It wasn't like he was on the ground twisting his ankles no. or anything. He it's wasn't just, pulling it's, him The only reason it's so bad is because it's he has a bad knee, right? Yeah. That's why it's so bad, but... And let's not lie, it looks... After what happened with Garrett Marino last week, yeah. then our quarterback gets taken down in not a similar fashion, but in the same area right? with much less force. Yeah, it doesn't look good. People are gonna be upset about that. They're gonna call. They're gonna say it was retaliation on a on a league level. I think it a, just looks it looks so bad because that game was so chippy, right? It does. You have to look at the context, and because the game was so dirty from the get go, it just like rubbed people the wrong way. Even though it really wasn't that bad. Yeah, I think the worst call of the game went in our favor. As Saskatchewan, and that was the roughing the passer on Shane Ray when Cody decided to throw the ball three yards past the line of scrimmage and then got <laughs> yeah. tackled by Shane Ray after he threw the yeah. ball. Well, as far as Shane Ray's concerned, Cody was a runner at that point, he's three yards past the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. are we going to call that if a running back decides to throw a pass after he takes the handoff? Like yeah, because it was so obvious when you're watching the game. I'm like, this dude's way over the line of scrimmage. He threw a pass. That's what the penalty yeah. is, right? So yeah. I'm waiting for the whatever the, the call is for it. And yeah. then they're like, oh, no, roughing. <laughs> I was roughing the pass. I was like, what? Yeah, I think both penalties did get called. But, I mean, in my mind, only the illegal forward pass should get called on that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. And there should be no. No yeah, it, it was an interesting day for the refs. It was interesting. I'll say that. It was very interesting. But we can get some actual football. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it was still bad for the riders. Even the football was bad. I mean, it, we have to put into some context was Pete Robertson was gone. Charleston mm-hmm. wasn't playing. AC Leonard and Milligan, for some reason, both didn't We're play. Game like, time scratches. Did they eat bad lobster or something? What was the deal, right? I don't <laughs> I'd know. Like to, I like to ask Dickinson and see what he says about that. Of course, he'd just say, oh, like, oh, it was just an illness or something. But, like, hey, yeah. man, could you guys eat some of that fishy seafood down there? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, um, not sure what happened there, but the, the defense was stretched thin. Yeah. Um, we saw injuries in the secondary as the game went on, too. Uh interesting move i think to put adam to half it worked though he did really well he did good i I was i liked the decision after it happened but it was interesting for sure man those guys really airing the ball out hey yeah i mean a couple of them connected like most of them missed honestly but they were really airing it out anyways they were yeah um highlight from a rider side jamal morrow with another good game and we'll get into it, but he should have been used more. Yep. Keen Schaefer Baker again. Those are the two guys this year, Jamal yep. Morrow and Keen Schaefer Baker. 
I'm very terrified that we're going to lose Key and Schaefer Baker to the NFL very soon. I'm pretty sure we're going to lose both of those guys. Soon. I think, yeah. I think they're both going to get a call. <laughs> Definitely. Right? Yeah. I just, I don't understand. I just don't understand why we're not running the ball more. I know it's a passing league, and Moss is, is a former quarterback, and he wants to pass it, but the run's the only thing that works with this putrid O-line. We need to be running the ball. So the game did kind of get sealed on – it was tied 24-24, was it not? It was 22-24. We were leading at that point. We were leading at that point. And we, and we didn't run the ball. We decided we were going to pass the ball three straight plays in a row. Yeah. Uh, leading in late, late in the fourth quarter. And Just over two minutes left. Pass a three-minute warning already. And Jason Moss decides it's time to throw the ball. It's time to air that air that boy out. Let's protect our lead by airing it out. Yeah. And it leads to a pick six that won the game for the Toronto Argonauts. So I don't it's not great. Not a great choice by Cody in the in that whatever, but I blame Moss. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You've seen that you can run the ball eleven times tomorrow and he'll get seventy-seven yards or whatever, right? He'll get seven yards a pot. Maybe not all spread out evenly because he had like a fifty yard run. Yeah, it will work, right? Yeah, it will work. Get Frankie Hickson in there. We can run the ball. Yep. And he decides, shoot, you know what we need to do? We need to do three and five step drops with our cobbled quarterback. We need to air it out to our depleted receiver. That's what we need. How come? I don't get it. No, neither. Make it make sense. It doesn't. There's no explanation. Um. I think I think this will be the, the last year that the Riders have Jason Moss as their OC. Um, either, by the way, of the play calling is not right and we got to move on, or I'm sure there'll be at least two head coaching vacancies yeah. next season. So he'll probably end up getting one of those. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not – I'm the stuff like – hey, how tight the West is, is concerning and the penalties are concerning and the injuries are concerning. I'm not giving up on the riders. I still think they'll make the playoffs and we'll see how it goes from there. It's not doom and gloom being four and two, but we need to start cleaning these things up because our West games are coming, right? Exactly. I think another concerning one, and we're going to talk a lot about the run game here, apparently. Um, a, a good showing, uh, in the previous week from Frankie Hickson in the run game, not a single carry. I said, I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I don't either. On the Toronto side of things, um, Bethel Thompson with a good game, a quarterback, 70%, 276 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Andrew it, Harris got, got the record for – what was he fifth now in almost scrimmage yards? He passed Mills fourth. fourth, yeah, fourth. Which I, mean, I don't like how big a deal this TSN made about him moving up one spot on the list. The only reason it was huge is because Mills Deagle was sitting there. Yeah, that was doing, right. I was. It was looking like we were going to shut him down, and he wasn't going to get it for a long while. And he yeah. still did end with. 15 carries for 39 yards. 
yeah. like a 2.6 yard average. He did a lot. He not that he was that big, but he did way more damage receiving than he did running the ball. Right? Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that. Like I said, I don't want to put too much stake on this game because we were so thin on defense and so many guys were out. But like, they aired it out big time, and like we had huge coverage breaks in this game. Almost. Yeah, we sure did. Right, like, like I said, I don't assume that'll keep up when we get Milligan back and we can get everything settled out here. But it was an ugly one to watch, right? Especially because we're so used to that defense being so good. And we had little to no pass rush when usually we're dominant, right? I don't want to keep harping on it, but what the fuck, Jason Moss? Good Lord. This was the first game that we had uh, Mario Alford in. Mm-hmm. To, so that our running backs could play running back yeah. instead of return. And he didn't even let them do that. No. Frankie Hicks didn't even see the field. Like, I think what? they were talking about that on the green zone too. And he had like one reception for one yard or something was his stat line. Yeah. That is ridiculous. what his stat line is. Yeah. Come yeah. On. I, mean, I, just don't, I just don't get it. I don't try to outthink what's working. Right. No. And that one did end. Yes. 30 to 24 for the Toronto Argonauts. These two teams do meet again this week, and we'll see what the rematch has in store. But that does bring us to the final game of the week. It was the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Ottawa Red Blacks both searching for their first win of the season. And Hamilton did. We told them to win last week, and they did. They They won won a game. Wow, look at them go. Holy shit. Oski wee wee, my dude. Let's go. I mean, hey, great, great job, I guess. You yeah. Found a, you found a team worse than you and you put a beating on them. Great job. And it's <laughs> only because Garrett Marino's a piece of shit. Yeah, for real, hey. Eh? <laughs> Garrett Marino won the Hamilton Tiger Cats a game. Right on, man. I mean, I will give credit where it's due. Dane Evans did play a good game. Yes, he did. But, like, I just <laughs> – I'm not very impressed by these division at all. So, I mean, which also is sad that the Riders have lost two games in these division. Right. But, but yeah. Um, so, I guess in the Battle of the Evans, Caleb Evans is going to have to change his name based on <laughs> last week's podcast. I <laughs> think <laughs> Caleb Stormfire. That's his new name. <laughs> I'm glad he's not going to see the field because our buckle will come in, so I don't have to call him that. Well, I just saw a tweet that Caleb Evans is taking first team reps at practice this week. Caleb Windfire? <laughs> he's taking first team reps uh, over Nick Arbuckle. So I hope they get the jerseys out quick then. They don't got a lot of turnaround time. Right. To get those jerseys in. <laughs> um, but yes. It was a battle of the worst in the league. So, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch a lot of this game. No, me either. I didn't either. But just kind of looking at the stats and looking at the recap here. Um, yes, you said Dane Evans, a great game. 75% completion percentage, 342 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I didn't watch a lot of it either, but I did. I watched the highlights and I looked at the stats, and everything was enough to tell me, hey man, Dane Evans found a team that he could lay a whooping on, and he did, right? Exactly. Yep. And this does bring up the question about I know you lost your starting quarterback, and you've had a tough schedule so far, but. When are the excuses just excuses for the Ottawa Red Blocks? And when is it time to make some changes? And when is it time to fire Paul Lapolis? It's interesting, right? Because on one yeah. hand, you have coaches that get, get a lot of a leash, and then you got things like Hardy Jones getting fired that blow you away, right? Yeah. You, it's hard to tell with these teams, right? I would say Lapolis should be gone. I think it's time. I mean, if you start 0-3 with that schedule, I get that. Mm-hmm. But then to come into an O versus O game and then lose it, it's tough. It is. Very, that's tough. Um, I'm – and maybe I'm just saying this because I'm a big fan of the guy I think who would step in as interim coach because – I believe that would probably be special teams coordinator Bob Dice in as interim head coach of the That's Ottawa cool. Red Blacks. If, if Lapolis were to lose his job, he's got interim head coaching experience with the riders in what year is that? 2015. Is that when we Matt, fired? I don't, even, I don't even remember now. I don't think we fired him in 14. Did we the year after the cup? I think we no, gave him. It wasn't that. So it must've been 15. 15 or 16, yeah. But Bobby Dice did a bang-up job that year anyways. Oh, yeah, it was definitely 15 because 15 was when Edmonton won the Grey Cup in the year after we hired Chris Jones as our head coach. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I like Bob Dice. So I thought I did I job. really like Bob Dice is an awesome coach. Yeah, man. Get Maybe him the job. Don't, don't even give him the interim job. Just make him a head coach. <laughs> We're starting it right here. Fire lap, please. Hire Dice. Uh, Dice is the better coach. <laughs> Let's go. Bob Dice, get in there, big boy. <laughs> big bad Bobby. And and that's kind of the story of this game. There's not much else to tell. The biggest story is we want Bob Dice to be head coach of the Ottawa <laughs> We Red want Black. big Bobby Dice. We want him now. That is the story on that one. 25-23 for the Hamilton Tiger Cats is the final score. They get their first win of the season. That puts them, what, one game back of first place in the division? (laughs) Yeah, you betcha. (laughs) If the Riders would have won, they would have been tied for first in the division with the one win. Yeah, it's some atrocious football going on in that East Yeah. A combined four wins for the East Division right now. Oh, let them know. Let them know. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna confidently say there will be a crossover this year. <laughs> yeah, it's a good bit. I think so. Let's move on to some power rankings and shit. We got to change some stuff this week. We got to change a lot of things. This week. We got to change a lot. And some of it I don't like, but we have to do it. 
So uh, starting out at nine, you'd be higher if Bobby Dice was your head coach. I'll tell you that. <laughs> be a lot cooler if it's Bobby Dice. That's what we're saying. <laughs> it's the Ottawa Red Blacks. If you can't tell. Hey, Ottawa, we got one thing to say to you. Win a game. Win a game. And you know who will do that? Bobby Dice will win your game. <laughs> Bobby Dice wins games. That's what we know. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Ottawa, you're, you're over. What can we say? Are you – is Ottawa now – yeah, they're the last winless team in the league. Yeah, win a game. Win a game. <laughs> yeah, prove it. Win a game. Prove it. We, we, we got one in Edmonton and Hamilton to win a game last week, and they did. So, now it's your We're turn. We're telling you. We're telling you, who do you even play this week? Do you have a shot? Uh, Ottawa. Hey, you're playing Montreal. Win a game. Win a game. You got a win shot game. here. Win that game. You better win that game. Win that game. Uh, at eight, we have the Hamilton Tiger Cats rising from the depth of number nine <laughs> to number eight. You hey. won a game. Won a game. That's what we're saying. They won a game. Good thing happened. Win, win some games. Win some games. Yeah. Win some. Get, win another game, and you'll get higher. That's kind of how this works, I think. Just keep winning. Pile up some wins. That's it. <laughs> At seven, the Montreal Alouettes. They did not win a game this week. They in no, fact they... had a complete implosion. Yeah, they, they did the opposite of winning a game. Yeah. They lost the game in embarrassing fashion. So. so that drops you drops you down real quick. Yeah. At six, rising from eight, two spots is the Edmonton Elks. Like I said, Cornelius is out there slinging. Don't look yeah. at the stat line. Just take my word for it. He's slinging out there, okay? I mean, a, a – 32 to 13 to come back or 31 to 13 come back and win that 32 31 that's a great take game my word for you guys he's slinging yeah. that defense is ride rising high chris Taylor jones Cor- is getting him riding riding down man they're they're going it, it hey I, I we're we're a third of the way through the season i think now so before too long, we'll probably do some mid-season awards. And hey, don't sleep on Taylor Cornelius for MOP here. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that guy's one and zero this year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's Taylor Cornelius and Zach Caleros, the undefeated quarterbacks in this league. That's it. Those are the only two. Oh, <laughs> uh, at five. Dropping down quite a bit here. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Don't lose games. Don't, That's lose, a, games. don't lose a game. Especially <laughs> to the East. Don't lose a game. I'm pretty sure that the West has lost two games to the East this season, and both of them are from Saskatchewan. Yeah, they are, right? Oh, that's, on, tough. that's a tough look. Like The West <laughs> would be undefeated if not for us. Like Not even Edmonton. They were like, just drop the games. Yeah. Just us. Damn it, guys. Just us. Uh, at four, the Toronto Argonauts coming off the touchdown Atlantic win. They are the first place team in the East Division at two and two, I believe. Yeah. They've had two bye weeks already, so that's a bit weird. That is, yeah, that's kind of brutal, right? 
Yeah. But yeah, they 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 looked good in that game. Like especially to do that against and we said it was a bit of a depleted Riders defense, but it was still the Riders defense and to put up 30 points against that defense is a good effort. Yeah. At 3 the BC Lions I believe they were on the bye this week. So They've also had like both their two buys already. Yeah, I don't know what is happening with the schedule. Interesting, but I'm glad the that the riders are more spread out with their bye weeks instead of having two in the first third of the season and then one in the back two thirds. Like that yeah. sucks. But I mean, BC didn't didn't move because. You guys just benefited from everybody else's moves, right? Yeah, you went up one spot because Saskatchewan blew it. Well, there you go. Good job, BC. Way to go. At two, off the heartbreaking loss to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it is the Calgary Stampeders. I mean, look good, right? Good team, look good. One loss, competitive loss. You probably get that one back, really, right? Yeah. Really, it's going to be... If you had to call things right now as what they are, it's going to be a two-dog race for first in the West, and it's going to be a two-dog race for third in the West. Yeah. And at one, solidifying themselves at number one with the win over the number two team in the Stampeders, it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Still just doing Blue Bomber stuff out here, right? Yeah, like Caleros is the best quarterback in the league right now and he has been for two years now three years well coached good defense good team good weapons good quarterback what can you say right yeah that does wrap up our power rankings we'll run through it one more time nine ottawa red blacks eight hamilton tiger cats seven montreal alouettes six edmonton elks five saskatchewan rough riders four toronto argonauts three bc lions two Calgary Stampeders, and one the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. God, that hurts to say Saskatchewan at five. I don't like that. The most mid-team in the CFL. You're the most average team there is. (laughs) Great. Oh, damn. Okay, let's, let's go through some games here for week seven in the CFL. Two Thursday games this week. It is starting off with the Montreal Alouettes and Ottawa Red Blacks. I mean, this is kind of a bum game. It was a little bit. Like, I, don't, I don't want to watch this game very much. But... No, I probably will, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, these are two teams that are are struggling. Um, this is the one team that's fired their coach already this season. The the team that's got to be close to so yeah. the bottom of the East Division. That's that's a tough place to get. Well, it's not a tough place to get out of right now because you're only two games back. But <laughs> right, yeah. I mean. I think if I have to pick this one, I think I'm going to go Ottawa, honestly. I think after that game against Edmonton and the way they imploded, Montreal doesn't look like they can beat anybody right now. 
I'll, I'm going to say Montreal just just for fun, just yeah. for fun. You know, sure, maybe they're embarrassed and they'll come back and win this one. You know, Ottawa hasn't won a game yet. You know that. Oh, I know. <laughs> I do think if Montreal does win this one, that'll be the end of Paul Lapolis and yeah, Ottawa. probably. Then the second game of Thursday will be the Hamilton Tiger Cats and BC Lions. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if Hamilton starts feeling themselves a bit after they finally won a game. Yeah. And the last time we saw BC was their loss, correct? Yeah, they lost to Winnipeg, yeah. So, I mean, now they have an extra week of prep feeling the heat because they're not riding high like they thought they were. It'll be interesting, right? I'm going to pick BC still for obvious reasons, but it'd be interesting to see it go another way, right? Yeah, I'm going to pick BC too. Um, I mean, if this is a scary sight for BC Lions fans. It's it's early in the season, but you drop from tied for first in the West Division to fourth place. So... I don't know really how the math works, but for some reason Saskatchewan's ahead of them. I think just because they played more games, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but I don't know if the season ends today. BC would have to go on the road to Montreal for playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be terrified of that. That's for sure. sorry on the road to Hamilton. I think still would be terrified, huh? Still. Um, but yeah, uh, BC, I think this will be another, could be similar to their first two games of the season where they get back on the horse and have a big blowout at home. Then we move on to Friday night football. It is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Edmonton Elks from Commonwealth. I wanted to say something spicy, like. Cornelius is going to break the home wind drought and beat the ball. The bombers It's going to be unbelievable, but like, I can't disrespect Winnipeg like that. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to, I already learned it. my, I already learned my lesson. Now you've got to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Edmonton here. Winnipeg's coming off of a big win for versus BC, a big win versus Calgary solidifying themselves as first in the West. They're overlooking the Elks, and it's a trap game. <laughs> there is no such thing as a trap game when you have to go up against Taylor Cornelius. You know it's not a trap game. <laughs> that's, that's, just game an, brother. that's just called an automatic L. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to go that way, but I was like, I learned my lesson last week. I have to pick the Bombers here, yeah. but my heart is t- totally riding with Taylor Cornelius. I honestly think if there is a trap game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, it's this one. You had BC two weeks ago. You had Calgary this week. You got Edmonton uh, this coming week. And then look, maybe you're looking ahead because you play Calgary again the week after. So I think the definition of a trap game. If there's a a time for a trap game for the Bombers, this is it. So I'll call it and I'll take the Elks. I'm going to pick the Bombers still, but I really hope they fall for the the trap that the mastermind Taylor Cornelius is laid, right? <laughs> Love it. Um, moving on to the final game of the week, uh, Saturday. It is the rematch of Touchdown Atlantic. It's the Argos heading to Mosaic to take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
<clears throat> hopefully we're a lot healthier. For hopefully. One. I mean, outside of the fact that Cody Fajardo might not play, but... And we're now having a little bit of a COVID outbreak, so I guess that's not uh, over. <laughs> I just, like, I mean, for all of our offense is what it is, and I, we've known that. I just hope our defense comes back healthier, yeah. right? AC Leonard, Milligan, guys healed up, Charleston back in the rotation. And then we lay it to him like we have been, right? And then let our run game, let our run game go wild and win the game for us and get just enough points to win, right? Yeah. So I'm going to pick the Riders still, but we've already saw the recipe for how they lose these games, right? I have faith that things will change this week for the riders. I have faith that Craig Dickinson will have had conversations with Jason Moss and gone over the tape with Jason Moss. And this is not what we have to be doing. We need to be running the ball if it's working because it's obviously working. Um, it, it, I think it's looking like Cody Fajardo is going to be questionable for this game right up probably until game time. I'm going to assume he's not going to play. Um, I assume Dickinson will make the smart choice and sit him. I know that's not what Cody wants. Cody will play through anything. So this has to be a move by Dickinson because if you leave it up to Cody, he's not, he's not sitting. Yeah. So Dickinson make the call. Start Mason fine. Hopefully he can get it done versus Toronto with a good run game. It'll be interesting if they do to see what the play calling is because they almost might play to their strengths better right? if they just do the quick game and the really run-heavy game, right? Because yeah. we've seen what Schaefer-Baker can do on those screens, right? The guy has so much strength when he's going down the sideline, he seems to slip out of all those tackles, right? Yeah. And we yeah. saw Jamal Morrow and Frankie Hickson, how good they are. This might play right into their strength if it is Mason Fine and they dial the playbook back, right? I don't think Mason Fine's going to do bad in the way we play ball with the screen game and all the runs if we play that way. Yeah. And then that just opens up. I, Mason Fine's still got an arm on him. He's still a professional quarterback. He can still throw a deep one to Duke if just to keep the defense honest. Like, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, right? Like I almost, yeah. like you said, the smart move is probably to, to sit Cody, and I kind of hope we do, yeah. just to see what we have in the area of the rest of this offense and what Mason Fine can do, right? Yeah. But both of us still picking Saskatchewan. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah, big shock, right? <laughs> uh, closing thoughts this week, Dave. Um, I want us to run the ball. I want us to run it hard. I want those linebackers, again, to play Slaughterbox with Andrew Harris in his head just to see how it goes. That was fun. <laughs> I loved it. And uh, let's get Ottawa win a game, and uh, Taylor Cornelius, show, show the Bombers what you're made of, my friend. Let's go. All right, that wraps it up for this episode of The Booth Podcast. You can, As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Booth EC. Check out our merch store. That is in the links in our bios on our socials. As always, I've been Rich. He's been Dave. This has been the Booth Podcast, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Booth Podcast.